Hi, this is Jeff Payne, Associate Marketing Manager with IEEE, and I'm here with Maria Palombini for our latest blockchain podcast. Maria is a Community and Initiative Development Director with IEEE Standards, and she's here today to talk about IEEE's newest work streams and the Pharma Blockchain Initiative. Specifically, we'll be talking about blockchain for clinical trials use cases. Maria, thanks for joining me. Oh, it's great to be with you, Jeff. So what are some of the use cases for blockchain and clinical trials? Um, it's really an exciting opportunity in the space of clinical trials what blockchain uh, can be viable for. Currently, we're looking at specifically in the area of patient engagement and recruitment. Patient recruitment has become a major challenge for sponsors of clinical trials to get qualified patients to enroll in different areas for drug therapeutics. Part of the challenge is there is uh, no reach into the market. The old ways of uh, recruiting patients in a mass marketing approach is not yielding the qualified patients, and therefore it is becoming a growing challenge. And in the, we've talked to quite a bit in the health space, and blockchain seems to be a potential area where they could solve that problem in so much as what they're talking about is empowering the patients to manage their health record on a blockchain. And the way that would work is, in essence, they're managing their entire health record on a blockchain. A sponsor of a trial can go into the blockchain and query for, based on the clinical trial protocol design certain characteristics that they're looking for for the ideal clinical trial candidate, query the patient without ever seeing the patient's name. So an example would be they're looking for a female between the age of 35 to 45 who's currently uh, type 2 diabetes, who's taken certain kinds of medication. They can do all of that without knowing that, for instance, it's Maria Palombini who has those uh, uh, critical factors. All they would know is it's patient 123, and they would query them, invite them to present, participate in the trial, and at that point, it's up to the patient to continue the collaboration. Now, naturally, the question begs, well, doesn't someone have a right not to be queried? And that's part where we get more to the process and protocol, but the answer is, is if a person doesn't want to be queried on a blockchain, they don't have to consent to do it. At the same time, just because you consent to be queried doesn't necessarily mean that you're automatically to consent into any trial. There is consent from the patient along the way, but ideally what we're talking about is a opening and becoming a more inclusive and qualified uh, patient engagement and patient recruitment process um, for the role of clinical trials and research. And that's one of the main use cases that we're currently working with multiple pharmaceutical companies and health facilities. The other area, which is uh, a very important area, is blockchain is giving us viability in looking at how we close the disconnect between clinical research and medical. And by that, I mean there's hordes of data locked in individual silos on the, on the, med on the medical side. By that, I mean data that comes out from IOTs, data comes out from labs and DNA testing. And, you know, every time you go to the hospital, you have a whole set of diagnostic x-rays and testing. And all these data sit in individual silo systems. What the opportunity, well, at the same time, clinical researchers, 
want access to this kind of data, not necessarily access to the patient, but they want access to the data so that they can use it in the world of clinical research to find out trends, opportunities to develop vaccines, new treatments, work on precision medicine, uh, find new ways to uh, improve quality of life, and the opportunity for blockchain to share that data without divulging or sacrificing the patient's privacy is another great use case we found for it. Thanks, Maria. How does this tie into other blockchain healthcare initiatives in the ecosystem? Sure. So the, the, the idea of the patient engagement and patient recruitment heavily relies on the patient managing their own health record. So now we're getting into the world of blockchain and electronic health records, which has been an initiative that's been going on in the United States and around the world for the last two to three years, where they're trying to find a way to integrate the health record into the blockchain. What we find is, is that is we need that to happen. What we're trying to figure out is how we can, from the pharma side, the pharma framework side, help bring some, uh, some help into the process. So pharma is known for the world of e-consent and getting trial patient data, and we're trying to work with the blockchain technologists to figure out what's the best process to at least start collecting the record. So as an example, one of the, uh, one of the suggestions is, is how do we incentivize a patient to actually go out and manually put their health record together on a blockchain? literally contacting all the different areas, the touch points in the health ecosystem to get their blood work, to get their stuff from their doctor, to get the stuff from the hospital and all their different specialists and wrap it into one health record in the blockchain. So the, from this angle, we're trying to look at different ways and how we can put this process together. At the same time, we're also looking at the idea of clinical IOTs or wearables. And if we can look at the data that's coming out of some of these wearables that can be written and validated into a blockchain, that's another area of patient recruitment. And when we say it's written into the blockchain, we mean it's going to be written into the patient's health record, um, thereby creating more data and more specifications and areas for, for querying for clinical trial design. You mentioned IoT and wearables, and obviously iTriple has a lot going on there. Why is it important for IEEE to drive this adoption? Sure. So one of the things in talking to a lot of the clinicians or clinical trials operations designers and sponsors of trials, the biggest challenge that they have is they understand the design, the protocol, the medicine, right, the regulatory side. When they, they're having a challenge working with different types of technologists, by that the wearable developers, the, uh, the blockchain technologists. So IEEE having that access into the technology world, and, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to have the work to work with the clinical side of the world, we're trying to bridge that gap. IEEE brings a very balanced viewpoint into the viability of the technologies. We're here to sort of mitigate out the hype and really talk about what is really going to be practical and what it's going to take and how much it's going to have to change to make it happen. So in the world of clinical IOTs, one of the biggest challenges that the, the pharmaceutical in the clinical world is challenged with is that they can't validate the data coming out of an IOT, right? Part of the challenge that they're having is, is that the world of commercial IOTs, 
for example, like a Fitbit, and a clinical IoT, which is really an IoT developed under FDA regulatory device guidelines and it's only used for clinical work, are getting meshed a little bit cross. So what's happening is, is the data that's coming out from these IoTs are not validated and therefore they can't necessarily use it when they go for uh, you know, uh, approval in uh, trial phases with the FDA or any other regulatory authority. And this is where the IEEE can be a huge uh, player and an effective player as we start looking at how we develop standards for A, validating data coming out of a, an IoT device, um, creating one of the initiatives that we're doing is creating a scoring system for validation of data. And by that I mean if we have a team that's looking at designing the specifications and actually writing the criteria for the different data sources, health data, patient health data, and saying, well, when it writes to a blockchain, if it has a score of 700, then we know that data is accurate, it's coming from a valid source and a true source, right? So when you go in as a uh, investigator to find a patient for a trial and you see that the data in the health record has a high score, let's say, then you know that, the, that what you're going for is a quality candidate. That's the biggest challenge right now that pharma is facing. Although this is not a blockchain problem, but this is an industry problem, and they actually asked a very good question, which is, if we're going to use blockchain to do patient recruitment and we put dirty data on the blockchain, then we're just timestamping dirty data. Let's fix the problem now. And this is where, this is, was an excellent um, opportunity for us to work and engage with the community, but I also believe that this is where, again, IEEE can come in and be a, 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 um, a great help to fixing industry issues, for opening the conversation between two sides who have expertise in different areas, one in clinical, one in technology, and actually bridge the gap and help advance or address uh, barriers currently in the process. You mentioned the scoring system that's under development. What other activities do you have in place for this? Sure. So in the clinical trials workstream, which is uh, our latest initiative uh, within the uh, supply chain clinical trials industry connections program, we actually have the two workstream. One was the validation scoring uh, system. The other one we just also started is the uh, smart contracts for e-consent. And e-consent is a, a major uh, challenge right now because pretty much patients are handed, let's say, a 20-page documentation about what the whole, the, the what phase of the trial, phase one of a clinical trial, this is all the things that you're going to be agreeing to. Now, 20 pages is quite a, a lot of information. Plus that data or that signed document has to travel along with the patient as they go through various forms of, of the phases. So if you're a patient that goes from phase one to phase two, that e-consent has to follow you, but at the same time, it might change. And so basically we're talking almost a lot of paperwork or e-consent can also be, you know, through an electronic uh, data interchange. With smart contracts, we're looking at with that trigger ability, how we can create a progressive consent from the patient so that it sort of triggers as we reach each benchmark as they're going through the phases of the trials. Um, it's also looking at how we can go from chain to chain. 
So in the world of blockchain, we don't believe it'll just be one blockchain with every person's patient health record and every part of the health ecosystem. So the question is, is how does that smart contract go from, let's call it the patient health record blockchain into the pharmaceutical company's blockchain, right? And then once the trial is over, how that data gets put back into um, via the smart contract into the patient's health record. So now we're talking moving from chain to chain. And these are some of the things that we're looking at along with other areas in e-consent that they want to try to address using smart contract as the opportunity technology to let it happen. Um, it's a really fascinating uh, area. Um, it's led the work stream leader is actually Baskar Gumadi from, um, he's with uh, Bayer Pharmaceuticals. Um, so it's a great area for pharmaceutical uh, clinicians to join as well as smart contract developers. So tell me a little bit about the upcoming Blockchain for Clinical Trials Forum on February 12th in Orlando. Definitely. So it's a very, very exciting event for us. Uh, it's obviously hosted and produced by the IEEE Standards Association, and it really gets to the crux of the blockchain use cases for clinical trials and clinical research, as well as the many barriers. You know, I touched on uh, all the great use cases that blockchain can do for clinical trials and all the benefits, which will definitely, if it's done right, will definitely increase patient safety, you know, advance uh, drug development, um, really help uh, adopt, uh, push advanced precision medicine, and these are all the great things. But in order to make that happen, there's quite a few barriers around it. Some of the barriers that I hear are, well, is FDA going to be on board with blockchain? It's is pharma going to be really behind um, the, the, the blockchain concept for clinical trials? And essentially, if you look at the speaker lineup for the blockchain for clinical trials forum, it answers those two key questions. We have the FDA presenting a keynote uh, on the concept of a integrated and compliant healthcare system using blockchain. It's the first time the FDA is going to publicly speak in a presentation role about blockchain applications. We also have Pfizer, Biogen, and Bayer talking about this idea in different angles of the patient's health record on a, on a public blockchain and what that means for the patient engagement program. But there, this is really groundbreaking in the sense that it's the first time that pharma is actually reaching out to each other. So it's a very heavily regulated IP-sensitive industry but they're actually doing a call out to the industry to mobilize around this emerging technology, in essence, because they feel like they need to do clinical trials better. You know, in the dawn of Europe's uh, GDPR and the major, the major challenges they're having qualifying the right patients for trials, these companies, these innovators are really seeing blockchain as the opportunity. And the scope of this forum is to talk about that but the forum is just not a forum. It's not just another one-day event. The forum is the launch to the initiative. So it's really important that if people are interested to come hear about it and learn what these experts are already are in proof of concept with different ideas, or they're doing cross-industry white paper projects, or they're doing they're reaching out to technologists to come in and talk about different ways to to see how these use cases are viable. So if that's what it's really exciting for the industry to come here about. Do you have to be a blockchain expert or have a strong knowledge of the technology to participate in this forum? 
No, absolutely not. Actually, we want we want progressive thinkers with obviously clinical trials, clinical research expertise, who are passionate about wanting to change how we do clinical trials or the current uh, approach and process to it. The idea of blockchain, we're, the idea of the blockchain is to really learn a little bit about the technology, but learn about how it really revolutionizes the way and the approach to doing the trial, the way to engage patients in a different way, the way to actually restore the data integrity. There's another big challenge in the current clinical trials process. Paperwork and data is moving from one department to another. They move to third-party providers uh, like a CRO. They move to site solution or site uh, sites for investigative process. It's a very, they're working with many partners, which is great, but the data is being shuffling around in a way that sometimes, or unfortunately, things get lost or things can't necessarily be authenticated or the process to authenticate them now went from one month to six months. And these are all the things that everybody, it, it impedes their ability to bring the trials forward. It impedes their ability to actually push forward with drug development. And so if there are uh, individuals who are really passionate about changing that process and who want to make, who want to mobilize an industry, then they should definitely be a part of this forum. Why is the forum limited to 50 seats? I get that question quite a bit. Uh, pretty much the nature of this forum is two-part. It's not about people just being talked to in a traditional conference format. The nature of the, 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 the technology and the nature of what we're talking about is pretty significant in the realm of change. And naturally, it's going to want the audience to ask a lot of questions. In order to enable that interaction between audience and the experts, we need, to, we need to give everybody a chance to have a voice. There's also a good portion of the, of the, of the, one, of the part of the one-day forum where the attendees actually break up into three groups and really start to try to attack the, some of the barriers into, why block, into the blockchain adoption. So one of them I mentioned is how do you incentivize the patient? The other one is dealing with e-consent, literally in a, uh, in a way that maintains data privacy, that the data can be shared, using the smart contract. Like there's going, there was already a whole bunch of questions about how does a patient even understand what's a smart contract? Like how are we going to get them to buy into that, even that concept from an e-consent? Um, so we're talking about all kinds of different areas uh, of challenges that we want the groups to come into and really say, these are where we think all the challenges are. Each group is actually going to be led by a tech mentor. So by that I mean is if you have a question about how the smart contract works, your tech mentor is there to explain this is how the technology works. And then they can frame the barriers and understand the barriers around the technology. And at the end of all those sessions, at the end of that one particular session, which is really important because everybody has a voice and everybody participates, we actually present on the results of each of those groups. So in order to facilitate all that interactivity, we need to keep the size of the audience, and also the number of speakers and sponsors are also limited as well in order to facilitate all of that conversation. And the goal, back to the initiative, is to have an output. And the output from this event will be a white paper 
on all the contributions from all the attendees that were there throughout the day. And it makes a lot of sense to have the, the number of attendees to be a little bit smaller. Definitely. If we want to make it feasible, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, lastly, how do professionals get involved in the initiative? Excellent. So my first thing is, is if you really want to learn about these use cases for blockchain and hear directly from the pharmaceutical innovators, literally at Pfizer, at Biogen, at Bayer, hear from the FDA, we also have the IBM presenting uh, on their different experiences on proof of concepts and pilots and work they're doing. And we also have uh, many startups coming up with who are really interesting because they have clinical and health background and they've gone on to actually work on a blockchain or a smart contract solution for this application. So if you're interested in hearing about all those things and being wanting to be a part of the initiative, um, you could de definitely join us at the forum on the 12th of February in Orlando. If you can't join us for the forum and you want to really get involved in one of the work streams that I mentioned or have an idea in a work stream, you can do that as well because our work streams are open and inclusive. And all of this information is available um, on our website. If you go to uh, blockchain.ieee.org and you do uh, backslash clinical trials, um, you'll find information about all of our activities and events there. Great. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks again for all the great information, Maria. Once again, for more information on the Blockchain for Clinical Trials Forum, visit blockchain.ieee.org.